You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to the AIB Weekly Market Talk and Brexit Update on Tuesday the 10th of March. I'm Alan Malone from AIB Treasury and I'm joined today by Oliver Mangan, AIB's Chief Economist, to discuss the latest market developments. Ollie, in a dramatic week for the markets, the OECD published their analysis of the impact of the coronavirus on the world economy. What is the likely impact on global growth prospects? Yes, the OECD sketched out two scenarios last week in their analysis. One was where the impact of the virus is short-lived in terms of impact on economic activity. In other words, world growth is hit for a couple of months, but the virus largely dissipates over the summer. And in those circumstances, you know, growth will rebound the second half of the year and into 2021. So that saw them lower the growth forecast by about a half percent uh, for most economies for 2020. And because of the bounce back in activity, growth will be somewhat higher next year. So not a major impact. However, they've also published an adverse scenario where the impact of the virus is much deeper and sustained in terms of its impact on economic activity. And last, you know, the peak impact is in the second half of of, uh, this year. So you don't see activity starting to recover. Uh, or the virus dissipate until 2021. And that has obviously much more serious consequences for global growth. That the sea activity or growth, the growth rate of the world economy having those circumstances, going from 3% down to one5 But for a lot of advanced economies, which are already growing you know, at a weak enough rate, that implies recession. Now, they didn't publish detailed country forecasts for that adverse scenario. Um, but when you plug in the likely figures to give you a global growth rate of 1.5%, it does mean that most advanced economies will go into recession for two or three quarters. What it means is we'll have a recession hitting the global economy in quarter two, lasting all the way to the end of the year. And then next year, because you're recovering, even though the global momentum starts to pick up, you're starting from a very low base. So global growth uh, on an average, the average rate for the year will be very low next year as well. So that's very, very low growth uh, for the Global economy, obviously sectors such as tourism and transport are very hard hit. But in, in that type of scenario, you're, you're probably thinking something along the lines of what we've seen in northern Italy over the weekend, where you know quarantines become the norm for a lot of large number of economies. There's a broad-based impact in economic activity. We do see a recession. And obviously, financial markets are reacting very negatively to that prospect. Also last week, the Federal Reserve conducted an out-of-course interest rate cut. With the ECB meeting this Thursday... Is this the start of a coordinated policy response by central banks? Yeah, we, we actually had a number of rate cuts last week. Uh, the Fed, um, the Reserve Bank of Australia and the Bank of Canada all cut rates. And uh, this came out of the blue. Uh, now, in the sense that two or three weeks ago, uh, you know, the, the indication from central banks was that rates would remain on hold uh, over the course of this year. So the Fed has obviously got worried by the uh you know, the, the widening impact on activity of the coronavirus. Uh, we had data out of China for February, which were very, very weak. Uh, and obviously the, the virus has become more widespread. So this is likely to trigger broad-based interest rate cuts. And uh, the ECB meets on Thursday, and markets are expecting it to cut rates as well. Now, rates are already very negative in the Eurozone. They're minus 0.5%. So there isn't much the central ECB can do in terms of lowering rates. Um, what the markets are discounting there is that rates could go as low as minus 0.8%. In other words, a further 30 basis points off rates um, starting uh, at their meeting on Thursday. 
In the UK, the expectations rates are at, at three quarters of a percent. They've been unchanged for a long period of time. They have been expected to stay unchanged. But now the markets are expecting at least a 50 basis points cut in UK rates down to a quarter percent, if not going further to an eighth. In the US, as you say, rates were cut by 50 basis points last week. That took them down to one and eighth, 1.125 percent. Markets now think they'll be cut by another 100 basis points. And that's taken them back to the level that was last seen, uh, the record low during the financial crisis you know, over a decade ago. So sub- substantial monetary easing is anticipated and the rate cuts are expected to come early. So the Fed cut last week, it could easily cut again by 50 basis points next week. We would expect to see rates down near zero in the US and the UK by early summer and you know, heading much deeper into negative territory uh, in the next number of months in, in the Eurozone. I, I think when you look at the interest rate forecast, what's interesting is it's, it's not a surprise that rates are expected to be cut, right, and cut to extremely low levels. But what markets are pricing is that the rates will stay there. Um, there's no rate increases or reversal of those rate cuts priced into markets at all for the next number of years. The most to see in the US is rates may be increasing by about 25 basis points by 2025, 2006. So rates getting up to 0.3 or 0.4%. No rate increases are priced in at all in the coming decades in the UK. And in the Eurozone, the pricing now is that you know negative rates are almost like they're here to stay. Um, so rates remaining deeply negative for years and years and years to come. And the clearest example of that in market pricing is that the yield on 30-year German bonds, that's a 30-year bond, has fallen to minus 0.5%. So there's been a dramatic change in the prospects for interest rates in the last two or three weeks. I say it is not surprising, given what the OECD has forecast in terms of a broad-based coronavirus, the impact that would have on global growth, that rates would be cut to such low levels. But obviously markets are thinking it may take quite some time for the global economy to, to recover from this. Uh, and hence, the, we, we remain in an extremely low interest rate environment for years to come. And what has been the effect on currency markets? Yeah, interesting. Um, <clears throat> you know, the dollar has been a very strong currency for, for years, as we, we, we've referred to on numerous podcasts. And the underlying reason for that was that you know rates were much higher in the US than elsewhere. So rates got up to, I think it was close to 2.5% in the US a couple of years ago. Uh, rates remain negative in, in Japan and in the Eurozone. Rates remain quite low in the UK. So US rates are much higher than elsewhere. Bond yields are much higher than elsewhere. The US economy is doing quite well. And that saw a flow of funds into the US in the last four, five, six years, underpinning the dollar at quite high levels. Now, the expectation markets is that rates uh, in the US will be cut to zero. Uh, and that you know, changes the outlook for the US dollar. So earlier on the year, um, when rates were expected to remain high and relatively high in the US, the dollar had made further gains. We saw the euro drop back to what I think it was one hundred eight or but certainly below one hundred nine. But in the last couple of weeks, as um, expectations have built for extensive monetary easing, uh, and what what would imply with that is that rates are going to very low levels everywhere. And because we're starting from a higher level in the US, the biggest rate cuts would be in the US from the Fed. That has undermined the dollar. Now, I don't want to say the dollar has collapsed. It hasn't collapsed, but it has moved lower. Uh, and uh, only yesterday we saw trading in the range of 113 to 115. Now, remember a couple of weeks ago against the euro, the euro was down below 109. So at this stage, it's returned to its 
trading range for 2019, which is 109 to 115. Uh, so it has weakened um, on all fronts uh, in the expectation that we're heading towards zero rates uh, in the US. So that's had quite a, uh, you know, the, the, the markets in general have been very, very volatile. Last week, we saw moves, uh, and by volatile, I mean uh, last week, they were going up and down uh, uh, on following days. So uh, it was the size of the moves. I mean, last week, for the first time in over a decade during the financial crisis, we saw the S&P move by, the stock exchange move up or down by 2% every day for four or five days in a row. We haven't seen that in years. Uh, and obviously, a very weak start to trading activity this week um, against the backdrop of what happened in Italy over the weekend in terms of government actions, uh, the quarantine for Northern Italy, and also a collapse in oil prices because of a fallout between Russia and uh, Saudi Arabia in terms of managing oil output and oil prices. And that was obviously very, very, very negative for energy stocks in particular. So there's a lot of volatility in markets last week, uh, a big fall in stock markets yesterday, a big fall in oil prices over the weekend. So you know, markets are very, very weak. Uh, and you know, hence the expectations of lower rates and those circumstances, the dollar is under a bit of pressure. But I don't see a very sharp fall in the dollar. Um, you know, the US economy is still likely to outperform. Rates will be higher in the US than, still higher in the US than in Japan and in um, the Eurozone. Uh, markets are not pricing in rates in the US going negative as they have done for other markets or more deep, deeply negative. But certainly, um, you know, the wind has been taken out of the sales of the dollar by the events of the last two or three weeks and the market's expectations of significant falls in uh, US interest rates. Ollie, as always, thank you for your insights and thanks to our customers for listening. And remember, to stay up to date on financial markets and Brexit, please hit the subscribe button to AAB's Market Talk on the podcast apps for iOS or Android. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.